Industry Pods and Evergreen Podcast Network are pleased to present the following podcast. This content is for informational purposes only. You should not construe any such information or other material as legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. Nothing contained on here constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, endorsement, or offer by Draper Gorenholm or any third-party service provider to buy or sell any securities or other financial instruments whatsoever. Hey everyone, it is me. We are here. Uh, we Joseph is here too. Say hi, Joseph. Hey, what's up? Boom, boom, boom. We're recording. Good morning, everyone. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. I am recording this on the computer now. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Boom. All right. It says it's recording. Boom. 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 I am apparently recording. The entire bubble control. They're all exactly the same. Crypto art. And then what it really is, is an NFT. Wow. How do you want to slap the bag? So this is the next best thing. DeFi is going to be a bubble. It's provably scarce. With Mad Dog. Crypto, gold, and silver. Transparent substance. Take my money and start a war with it. Without further ado. Cheers to you, brother. Get shit done. Because the system has to collapse before that. Mark Corona. Cheers. I feel much better now. Cheers. (laughs) Wow. That was heavy. Boom. (laughs) We are actually recording now. How's it going? I'm glad that I watched the intro uh, <laughs> because I got to see you say, hey, everyone, a hundred times, and it was great. It was, yeah, normally I'm like, hey, dude. <laughs> well, I, I was about to, at the end of it, I was going to be like, hey, everyone. Well, I should have just done it instead of talking about doing it, but hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. How's it going? <laughs> I, like, I like the ones where it looked like you had technical difficulties. Where you were like, hey, now I'm live. <laughs> well, that was that one. I actually, I almost cut it out, and then I kept part of it. The longer version was me starting to sound kind of like an ass because I was like, dude, John. I was like, this this guy named John who's a friend of mine. I'm like, we're actually recording. No, we are live. Like, I was like, because he's like, I don't think we're live. I'm like, dude, we're recording. Like, and I started getting like almost aggressive because I was like, we're re- we are recording. Seriously, we're we're live right now. Yeah. It's 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 like a part of every virtual conference too, where like at least every session there's one person that's like, Oh dude, you you're muted, you're muted. We can't can't hear you, dude, you're muted. And so it's just a part of you know life now, I think, right? It is. Well the zoom the zoom uh like we're hey, you're muted is such uh I, yeah. I wanna know how many lifetimes of time we have used saying you're muted now like in 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 life like how many it's probably what three seconds five seconds of every call over yeah and and every call every day multiple times like especially in group calls because a lot of people want to mute so you don't hear the backgrounds and then it just happens over and over and over again but hey i should i should set this whole thing up welcome to blockchain and booze people um thank you so much for joining us um if you're joining us on uh on lunar crush's stream or on youtube or, or anywhere else that's not in the in the main platform go to this place meet.blockchainbooze.io because you can actually chat with a bunch of people there and who are watching live, plus 
ask uh, questions in the QA so that we can ask Adam super fun questions that you guys come up with and not our own questions. But um, do that, meet.blockchainboost.io. And I also want to thank, while we're uh, uh, talking about this stuff, Blockchain Radio, um, Pierre and the crew for uh, for streaming these over and over again for the following week after the events. They're, they're awesome. And of course, like I said, Lunar Crush, Joe, uh, my, my main man, my wingman is here. What's up, Joe? You didn't What's talk up? much because Adam and I yeah. are both talkers. No, it's all good. Yeah, and if you ask a question to come on stage, you need to be wearing a black shirt. So if you have a, anything other than a black shirt, with the Lunar Crush shirt, not allowed. It needs to be a different one. You can't wear <laughs> right. it. It needs to be a black shirt, different. Right. You could also be wearing a Lunar Crush hat. Oh, no double wow. lettering on this podcast. <laughs> Uh, yeah, did you guys swap? Does he have a Draper Gorham Holmes? Uh, I've, I've never gotten any DGH swag. I feel like, I mean, what's up with that? It's all going the other way. You know what? I still have this from like weeks ago. I replaced uh, the, the, the little sign in my daughter's room because I took over her room to make my office. It says Draper Lunar Holmes still. So there we Aww. go. That's nice. There we go. <laughs> Dude, creativity. Uh, I can reach it. I would show you some some funny stuff. Um, Wait, but you took that, your your name out of that one. I took my name. I always take my name off of it. I feel bad taking other names off because then it's like I made it say Draper Tezos home for a while. It says Draper Lunar home. I think uh, one time it said we. I did this one thing once. I have a um, I have like a blooper reel from some TV show I went on. Like it was not a, like a TV show. It was at a conference and some media company was recording an interview. And I was announcing that we had done the Draper Gorin Home thing, like we rebranded to Draper Gorin Home. And I, right when I said Draper Gorin Home, I said it fast. Somebody in the back of the room that like just barely audible enough was said, Draper's going home. And that's, and then I just couldn't stop saying it. And <laughs> the, dude, the dude kept like repeating Draper, Draper Gorn Holmes, is it Holmes? And then he wanted to keep doing, he's like, let's reset, let's reset, let's reset. And then you go, Draper Gowen, Gowen, Gowen? Is it Gowen? <laughs> he just kept screwing it up over and over again. And then I, all I could think about was Draper's going home, Draper going home, like, and it was just, uh, it was-, it was Evidently you still do, you know? Still just, you, we're all unsure now. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it, you know? Her home, uh, I you know what's, I love the people that like really though, like when there is a little mistake like that, or when someone like does uh, does a little like like they're just talking and they missay a word, like where it either destroys that person's day or the other person is like really offended. Like I can't believe you called me Alan and not Alon. And like there's people like really angry at that stuff, and it's it's so weird to me. <laughs> like, like, well, I, this just happen all day long. Yeah, Alan, I definitely get it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's Let the hazing weird. begin. <laughs> oh, this is good. Dude, John in the chat said he has a purple Lunar Crush shirt. That makes me very jealous. Um, what, what's up with, with me not owning one of those? The, the colors of the Lunar Crush shirt are actually very similar to the uh, colors of the old Napster logo. Ooh, I'm going to look it up. Napster? Did they have purple in that? Uh, they had like yeah. a little purple? They had a little purple one. You know what? I think it started off blue and then went a little bit more retro, kind of like the same Lunar Cru as we did at Lunar Crush. I should talk to, to Isaac about that and see if he ripped off Napster. <laughs> it's got 
Oh, yeah. can't say shit. So my the first shirt that I wore every day forever was a Napster shirt, just the cat. It was a white logo though. It was just white logo, mm-hmm. and the uh, and I, I ripped it off with Boost because I just was like, okay, you take a logo and you put it really big on the chest of the shirt. That's all you do. That is the only type of shirt that you can make. So that was that's all I do. I I wear. 90% of my shirts are this shirt, something like that. I have a, probably because back in the day when, when we first met and I was doing invested in that company, I wore that piggy bank shirt I had. I had like four of them and I wore them like every single day. Um, and now what's funny is I don't have a DGH shirt or something like that. The only portfolio company shirt, I actually I have a total shirt too. Um, but it's really giant, so it feels awkward wearing it. So, But I have two Lunar Crush shirts and I cycle between them. Probably three or four days. You do need some new ones, huh? Yeah, we need. I need those ones with that one really cool NFT guy, the um, the Moon the Boy. Boy. One. That was really cool. It's like a. We'll hook uh, you up. Yeah, it's we. I need one of those. But okay, <laughs> wait. Really quickly though, Adam, you teased on uh, Twitter that we might talk about some origin stories of Boost. But talking about the Boost logo, I remember when you first were launching uh, the first version of Boost. We could talk about it. This I was, wanted to call an email I found on the logo. This was decided in a two-minute conversation. But before that conversation, the night before, so you flew down, I think, from, from San Mateo to join us and, and hang for the day. And we, we were going to do – you literally – like you and I were standing behind Yadid, my old partner, just like, like yeah, that, that's cool. <laughs> I, always, I always say how we came up with the logo was Yadid, who's a great, great developer. He – he goes, yeah, I typed boost into Google and there were a lot of power signs uh, on buttons. Uh, so I put put it in the logo. And so he put it in the logo and it was in, I think, blue or red. And I was like, I don't, I don't like blue or red, but I like the idea. Uh, can you do orange? And then that was it. And it's like, <laughs> like, you know, like that was the conversation. I have, I have screenshots. Yeah, I have screenshots of the logo in my Google Photos that are from uh, a BlackBerry because that's how long ago it was. Um, it I had a BlackBerry. Ten oh years God. ago. Ten years yeah. ago. It, it, uh, it was probably about 10 years ago that that happened for Boost Funder. And then Boost VC was founded yeah. uh, probably three months after that. So, yeah, three, four months later. But what's funny funder. is... You know why the, the logo was red or blue or something like that? I found an email while I was looking through stuff, um, trying to find my oldest email with you just to figure something out. And there was something that said logo. I looked at the email and and uh, I said something. I was trying to be all professional and stuff. And I was like, so we're going to talk about doing the logo, this and that. And, like I had all these like things. And I was like, what do you think? Like, Do you have any ideas, vibes, whatever for the logo? And you responded, your, your whole email response to me was red, white, and blue. <laughs> which was probably why you did made it red exactly and then i changed it all and i think the next day we talked about comic books and we were like captain america superman and that's where the red white and blue i think came from. Right. so so I, I mean i guess I, I should probably we should probably say how we know each other that you started a company called invested in and I was, which was crowdfunding, and I was starting a company called Boost Funder, uh, and we, it was a perfect meshing of worlds where you're building crowdfunding websites, and 
I needed an, a crowdfunding website for equity. And we were, I believe, the first crowdfunding website for equity that ever launched. I think so, too. And what's crazy is I remember there was a couple things that was crazy. So, like, well, one, the day before I met you was the first time I met your dad. And I literally, like, he came into the, the office we were working in because he was an investor in the accelerator program we were in. And he just came in and he, um, one of the dudes in the place were like, okay, he's only got 10 minutes. He can only be here for 10 minutes. So he's like, well, he's gonna go around, just say hi to every founder. And then he pointed at me and he goes, Alon, you're last, you guys talk too much. And then I tell your dad what we do and he pulls the chair up and then sat for like an hour with me. And he introduced me to you. He's like, you've got to meet Adam. He's going to probably do something in the space. He was being like a little bit like he didn't want to tell me. He's like, so you got to meet him. And then I think if I remember, okay, you flew down like the next day or like a few days later. Like it was with that same week. Yeah, um, we, I'm, I'm, I remember going down. We were, we kept eating. Every time I flew down, we'd eat that pretzel burger place. There was a good pretzel. Oh, burger. yes. It was, it was a place in Santa Monica that had a burger with like a pretzel bun. And that was a funny, uh, my own personal thing that was going on at that time. I kept telling my wife every time I'd do on a trip to like San Francisco or, or up north or whatever, I kept saying like, oh, I'm going to try to eat really healthy lately. I'm going to eat healthier. And then I would send my wife a picture of the burger I was eating with you because we would, when we were up north, we'd go to that burger place near up there that had a crazy burger too. All my diet for a very long time was mostly burgers and burritos. So, yeah. It, it's, it, yeah. So, so yeah. So, but what's crazy about Boost Funder? So Adam launched when it was. So it must have been beginning of 2012 or so because I think the Jobs Act was like passed, but there wasn't like the actual rule set. So it was yeah. technically legal to do crowdfunding, but there wasn't the rules. So you're supposed to wait. But what was really cool was when you launched it, I remember the tagline on the website that you gave us was the startup marketplace. And you ended up, uh, uh, it, was, it lasted you know, a few months and then you shifted into Boost like it is today. But I remember at some point, AngelList's tagline was the startup marketplace. But I remember you did it first. I did. I, I was pretty, uh, yeah, no, I, I, naming things. I was always okay at naming the things. So it was good. <laughs> I was, yeah, God, it was a long time ago now. And you know, the reason, the reason we changed uh, was because we, we, we started thinking about it, my co-founder and I, and there was this big problem with what crowdfunding at the time online, which was there was a big disconnect in knowledge of what an investor needs to be able to invest and what a founder thought that the investor needed. It was a translation problem. And we were like, best way to solve this is probably like in person with founders and so we we, we were like okay let's focus there and i, I wanted yeah. to be an accelerator at some point anyway so it just was a natural fit i yeah. remember from my perspective just being the dude that was powering the technology and and um, helping with the site and stuff like that and, and doing what we did and watching what you were doing i remember you went to a bunch of um you went to a bunch of demo days for accelerator programs because we were going to power them on Boost. I remember like we made pages for like- Powered Android. by Boost, that was yeah. the good thing. And yeah, that. so- Powered yeah. by Boost. So it was like really super crazy early. Sorry, I'm also looking down at my phone because I want to find a funny picture uh, of you from about <laughs> um, <laughs> um, It's not- Scrolling actually, no. an entire I library of photos and talking. 
Yeah, <laughs> I didn't have this. I didn't have any of this. this no, it's what, good. No, it's, yeah, good. It's, it's it's pretty blurry too because phone pictures back then were pretty blurry. But this is crazy. So okay, I got to look at the date. You're dating. I know, I know. But what's funny about this is I wanted to one time like what's funny about it and it, Google Photos is being a little weird right now, probably because of my internet how connection. Old you, how, how old's your oldest kid? My oldest, son, my son is nine years old. Yeah. And okay. So that's, I remember you, you had your oldest son when we were like hanging and stuff. Yeah. So it's, yeah, mind blowing, right? I remember uh, I, I was, yeah. It, and the, the birthdays were close and stuff like that. It was pretty radical. Um, and, uh, but yeah, it was a long time ago. And, What's funny that's that's nuts about this day. I went to I think this might be the one of the first, maybe not the first Boost demo day, but I somehow have a picture of you and the Boost logo is like washed out on the screen, but I'm, I'll zoom into you here, but I, uh, let's see if I can see it. You're wearing a suit. That's how we know it was a long time ago. Oh my god. You're wearing god. a suit. And yeah. if uh, it's not letting me expand that day that's now. That's an orange tie though. What's it, really crazy it was like red. It was like a power, okay. power <laughs> tie. And, and the, yeah, it was, that was the first demo day. That was, yeah. Okay. So that was the first demo day. And it was, um, uh, oh, now I can't get to it. Borrow and stole to get 70 people to show up. Uh, and maybe, you know, there were probably 15 people who could have actually invested. It was, <laughs> that was, I, I, but, but from that session, from that session, there were, two pretty good successes one was called favor which sold for uh, i don't think i'm supposed to say but a bunch of money like 100 100 plus million dollars and then uh and then a company that we, the team sort of pivoted over to a company called pillow homes uh and that ended up selling for like 50 million dollars so like it was, there were only seven companies two of them ended up being great and uh it was it was our first set we didn't know what we were doing and quite, I, I'm still sort of like unsure, but like we're. <laughs> Dude, Jan January 2013. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, the same day, I have a bunch of baby pictures of my kid on here. And then I have a screenshot. This was really funny to me. I have a screenshot for my rental car for the day um, because I had, because it was so long ago, it, like you rented a car back then. Like you didn't get an Uber like you do now. It's that's, so that's interesting. I hadn't thought yeah. about that that the, the rental it's, it's weird right like i went on a day trip up north just one day like you fly in the morning you fly back because it's a one hour flight not a huge deal like i've done that a million times but i don't even think about renting a car nowadays like it's not even a thing like one of our first speakers was uh logan green from lyft uh and it was his first it was their first year of being operational so like they literally had just launched their product and it was going gangbusters and they had just raised a bunch of money right when they he spoke but when he agreed he hadn't raised money yet so it was, like, <laughs> it was a good transition awesome. yeah no it was if i just backed every speaker we had it would have been <laughs> i kept i kept getting the speaker like right before something big happened it was like right before you know what though i've had that same thing with it's part of like what i've talked about for la blockchain summit and and we used to call it cis but for for the summit I had these similar things because we didn't have a fund yet. We didn't have a structure. Joseph and I were like kind of doing deals with some companies like as we could go because it was just off of our own money. We didn't have money to do it. And like, we didn't have a plan yet. 
But there were so many people that I remember if we had a fund, we would have done something, right? And I remember like Alex Mashinsky was pitching Celsius on our stage before they launched a token and then they're raising like their seed round, right? And I like things like that are just mind blowing to me today because a few years later, the billion dollar companies, right? Oh, there was a, there was a, there, I don't know if you've heard of the token, uh, Golem. Have you yeah. Golem at CPU. Um, they pitched us and it was at the time we were investing $15,000 for like 7% of a company sort of thing. Yeah. And they, and, and the guy, the guy was so great. And he, but he was explain yeah, I, he was like, and we're, we're selling a token. I was like, what the heck is a token? Like, I was uh, like, don't, I, I don't like, what do I own? I remember saying, what do I own? <laughs> yeah. 15 times but like but is it equity what do i own like was literally the entire call i was like what do i own turned out we ended up giving him really great advice uh and he ended up going full-time and like launching the ico and like all that stuff but like we could have just said yes and gotten like a huge piece of golem at like a if we had just been willing to like take the risk on the concept on like this thing we were yeah, there's a lot of learning from early. Of course. Years. Well, that's, we should probably. $350 million market cap right now, by the way. Yeah. 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 It would have been. Well, that's, and that's, you know, is that $350 million market cap based on, on circulating supply? Because because Adam would be holding, you know, 5 7% of that circul of the whole supply. Yeah. It was really, yeah. But, yeah. but so there, I mean, that's a similar story to like, Everyone in tribe, we call them tribe session uh, four, I want to say. No, it was two. Session two and three what were participating in the Ethereum crowd sale. Um, but we didn't. Uh, yeah. And we were, it was like, every, if we'd just done what all the entrepreneurs were doing, we would have done like incredible. By the way, I failed upwards. Like I kept making all these mistakes, but because I was in the same general area, the right general area, it all worked. But like the, but there are these things that are like very clear, like moments of like not misses, but it's like where pattern recognition breaks, and you should have done the thing, right? Like it, you should have done the token overcoming this token thing. It was it, people undervalue how hard that was at the beginning. Uh, oh, like it, it didn't make sense though because like companies would be like we, we raised money in equity now we're raising tokens and what was funny is that a lot of the tokens i'm sure they made it up to people in hindsight but in the moment it felt like you're screwing all of your investors aren't you you're like creating this new thing that, that's more like right uh, yeah no it will it, that's exactly like what it felt like every time and then yeah, God, even the first couple people who pitched tokens, it was like Ethereum, Golem, like, and, you know, there were ones before this made safe, uh, the, there were like, that were built on the Bitcoin blockchain that just didn't have the colored coins. Um, the, there, there were a lot of these like ran, things that didn't withstand the test of time just because Ethereum made it easier. Like Ethereum yeah. made I remember, so you know, I, I think you're being extra. Um, you're being you're being extra modest on 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 saying you failed upward, right? Because if you think about, well, one uh, now that that uh, Coinbase IPO or that uh, wasn't an IPO, whatever it's called, but Coinbase going public, 
and all of this stuff, you know, a lot of people now know that you were, uh, you were, you were super early in Coinbase. But what was crazy back then, I was, I kept continued doing my, um, my startup, right? It was, uh, uh, it was a crowdfunding investment technology online platform. We heard mostly from you about Bitcoin because you started doing Bitcoin only tribes, right? You did a few tribes that were Bitcoin only. We like mined some Bitcoin in our office in 2013. We got shut down by our, it was awesome. We, we got like a milk crate set up. We had a box fan up against it. We had like four uh, 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 graphics cards. We mined a tiny bit of Bitcoin. Our landlord handed us the power bill and said, if you continue doing this, you're out of the building, but you have to pay for the whole building's power for this month, which was more than our rent. Um, we turned it off because we had, we basically blasted the AC 24 seven and heated our office with the mining rig. It was awesome. And you remember our office, it was like a mop closet, it was tiny. Um, <laughs> and so it was just, it was fun. We learned about it from you, but you were, I remember like meeting these companies at your demo day and it was like a Bitcoin exchange in South America or, you know, all these different companies. That was my first, that was, first, that was technically the first decision we made. It was a company called, uh, that was the first boost Bitcoin company was, uh, so I, yes, I was the first investor in Coinbase, which was in August, 2012. And then over the course of the next six months, I figured out what Bitcoin was. I, I, <laughs> I, I, well, that's I, what they say. You got to get a little bit and then you figure it out. And then, like, I, I actually didn't even have Bitcoin though. I just invested in him because I thought he was great. And like, I was like, okay, one financial infrastructure for the world. That makes sense. Um, and, and then, uh, over the next six months, I sort of learned more about it. I bought obviously some, and then, uh, and then we were like, Hey, no one has owned this yet. Let's just go all in. Um, Ken, Ken, Adam is my Thank you. Ken, I, think. I love Ken. <laughs> the, uh, uh, and, and I, um, and I, and we, when we went all in, there's this guy, uh, I just want to give him hype because he's awesome. His name is Sebastian Serrano. And he, um, by the way, with Coinbase, I'll make one comment, which is, I think I was very lucky. Like I, I our job is a little bit, but like to be a, figure out how to optimize for luck. Um, and I was very lucky because that everyone said no to that deal. And I happened to say yes. The thing that I, I, I like, I think I was somewhat not, like I went for it on was backing a hundred others, right? Like there was only one, which was Coinbase at the time. And then we found out that there were like lots of others and we were like, let's back all of them. And then we, you know, we backed, uh, I think I backed 115 at this point, something like that. And the, uh, and so like building the conviction, it, it's rare to build conviction so strongly. And I feel very fortunate that it happened to be around crypto for me. Um, but Sebastian Serrano, he came and he showed, th this is a story of persistence. Like he came from Argentina to Silicon Valley just to hunt us down. He was like, he was like, these people are backing Bitcoin companies. No one else is backing them. He flew to Argentina, from Argentina. He came, he showed up to every crypto event. Every single one, just hoping to run into us. And he ran into us at all of them. And, <laughs> and, and like at some point, you just need to reward persistence, right? Oh, 1000%. And so like when it came down to it, where we had the interview and everything, we were like, don't we have to say yes? Like, <laughs> he, literally, he does everything that you want him, to, want him to do. And he has built 
an incredible business in Argentina. He's one of the biggest uh, exchanges uh, now. It's called Repio. Um, and they, they just acquired another exchange in Brazil. Um, and it's the yeah, Sebastian's like who I want. I want to back a thousand Sebastians. And the, uh, <laughs> let's, let's jump on that because we're, we're all over the place, but that's just the way we are. It doesn't matter. But um, the, the, yeah, the persistence, persistence. For this? structure for this, should I be thinking? About no, it? there is no structure. That's the whole point, right? The whole point, I kind of, we, we took this back to a community situation where it's kind of like, let's, we're okay. So here, let's talk about persistence, right? We're at blockchain booze number 71. That's 71 weeks straight from the first week of quarantine in Los Angeles in uh, March of, uh, of last year, right? We've been doing this every single Tuesday night. And after like two or three, we you went from two. You like started on my birthday. Yeah, exactly. Well, my son's birthday was his last day of school before they did quarantine. And your birthdays are like within a couple of days of each other. So we went into quarantine. We started uh, we started blockchain and booze and it started like a Zoom event, right? Like we just went, hey, let's have all of our friends hang out. We'll have a drink because we're all stuck at home. Like it'll be our hour long hang session. And it got too chaotic after like the first three weeks because it turned into a zoom call with like a hundred boxes and like nobody could talk because you know it was just crazy so we started doing this and so the second hour is we break off into tables and people hang out and do whatever they want and, and we meet but what's crazy is that talk about persistence is there are people that we would see every single week there are people that created startups because they met each other in the blockchain and booze sessions, never met each other in real life, created startups, and we invested in those companies. Like community it, building is great. It's it's this crazy fun community session. So there's like, you know, I, I'm missing okay, so I'm looking right now into my other window. I have 45 chat messages that I haven't looked at um, <laughs> uh, since we've been talking, right? And there's a bunch of people. By the way, I haven't, I haven't really like spoken publicly in a long time is, is this going okay <laughs> it's going great it's going great if we just get alon's echo down well, we'll define publicly, right like <laughs> you know like you know, i i just uh, you know i i i sort of chose not to speak for a long time and now you know if alon asks i'll do whatever alon asks. thank you well dude think about okay i still have this uh, thought on the persistence part but i do remember what was really funny about? Oh, you're awesome too. I just have known a lot. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> like I remember, um, there was one of the uh, um, block, not block, uh, LA blockchain summits or CISs, where I had you were the first person that I did a fireside chat with on one morning, and then I had your dad as a fireside chat the the next morning. And what was funny, or or vice versa. And what was funnier was his crowd was bigger. <laughs> Just a little bit bigger. Actually, <laughs> yours might have been bigger. there. I'm sure. I'm 100% sure it has nothing to do with Wozniak following you up on stage. Nothing I to know. do with it. there for you. Not actually, that was funny. My, 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 that, that was crazy because I spoke at the perfect time because towards the end, the entire audience was full <laughs> and because Wozniak was coming in. And literally, when Bill Bardite, who spoke next after, right. uh, spoke, everyone was leaving, which oh. was so sad. And I love Bill. Yeah. He's amazing. But By the way, they're crushing it. Hey, speaking of Bill, uh, everyone should be keeping an eye on Abra. There's some 
cool shit going down. I talked to Bill this week. Uh, cool, very exciting stuff in the Abra world. Just saying. Yeah, Bill was one of the first like 15 people I talked to about Bitcoin. We backed Abra. We're like crazy. I'm, I've, oh. I'm, his persistence is absurd. And if you know his history, his history has been literally trying to search down what Bitcoin crypto accomplishes for like 20 years, like his whole career. 30 years or something. I say 20 years like it's a long time. I've, I've been doing this for like start like you start I started my first company probably 14 years ago. So like yeah, so maybe maybe 40 years. I don't know. He's awesome. He's, he's yeah, he's he's one of those people that are just crazy smart, get it, and also does it in a smart and respectable way. He doesn't go down the like uh, maxi rabbit hole and and that whole thing where people start to get aggressive and then they're like it's like too i don't know i just i hate that right it's too uh, negative right yeah. well at the beginning we all we were all philosophers we had to like no one no one owned like if you you asked a room whenever you got to speak you'd ask a room like how many of you have heard of big heard not own heard of bitcoin and it was three people in the corner and yeah. so you were like telling people for the first time what Bitcoin was. And then, you know, a couple of years later, it was how many of you own it. And then it'd be like this little pot of people in the corner. And now, like, I don't know. I always think people, some people don't admit to it, but I'd say that it's like most of the rooms you speak in in technology, like people have bought or sold or whatever. They might not own it today, but they've definitely yeah. experienced it. They've experienced it or they know it. So what's interesting too is like talking about that. Um, that experience, but going back to persistence really, really quick, because we should uh, like it. <laughs> um, You'll get there. By the way, my wife, uh, because I was running late from the park, I asked my wife if she'd do me a favor and fix me a drink, and the drink she made me was ridiculously strong. I'm a lightweight, so I feel a little buzz right now. Just can I ask, as the as the entrepreneur in the room, can I ask the conviction and persistence question to you both? Yeah, yeah. of course. So, like Alon, we talked about it before, and you know, like. I ch same thing as you said, Adam, I kind of chase them down. You know, I would like just kind of show up randomly in, at this random co like conference oh, in North yeah. LA. Oh, oh, hey, oh, I was just in the neighborhood. And it's like persistence works. But how, like when you're because early stage, obviously you're investing in founders, you're investing in people, the company could pivot. But what's that like? You know how they like put the the helmet on like the guy that's about to base jump and they're like looking for that spark from like the the fuck it gene. You know, where they're just like, I'm going, you know, but there's like yeah. something that happens in your mind when that happens. It's like, I feel like as like a, as an investor, that's what you're kind of looking for. But it's like, how do you, like, how do you identify that? Cause it's like, even the same thing when I think about like people that interview, some people interview extremely well, but then how do you kind of suss out the, the difference between someone that's like kind of faking it or someone that's like, wow, this person is going for it. That's a good question. Um, First off, if I knew the exact recipe, we, we would like it, it would be just uh, nonstop. It, it hits mania. Um, <laughs> it's mania. But, yeah, but the I'm going to answer it two ways. What one is your your you know, fuck it, Gene, as you were uh, saying. Uh, yep. I think it's like the willingness to break social norm for the sake of your duty at building your company. Like there's, there's like this, uh, it's like the most founders are, they're, they're going to show, you know, there's a great story where Brian Armstrong would show up to, uh, 
uh, events at fintech companies and just start to try to poach people and like you know like like it's it's the do the thing and it wasn't poaching it was it was like hey i'm doing this thing in crypto you should come over and like check it out sort of thing but just you show up and then you don't care what people are thinking about you because you're doing something so ridiculous and you know it sounds ridiculous but you believe in it right like that's what you're trying to find the other thing i look for is so i think that there are multiple types of founders who can succeed just like they're, uh, I don't know, like, I don't want to compare it to like crops in a form, but like, I, I think that that's actually pretty adept, like different crops need different types of watering, different, whatever, like there's certain founders who like could be in the desert and like still build a huge freaking cactus or like a whatever, like figure out where the water is essentially. Um, there are, but then there's some who just need the right like recipe. They can both work, right? I, I'd say most of the founders that have succeeded on a massive scale that I've invested in were asymptomatic. They were really, there was something you remembered about them. Um, whether it was their conviction in the idea, their intel, like intelligence, like they just blew you away with something. Mm-hmm. There, uh, but it's one thing. It's not like they were good at everything. It was like there, there was like something that was like weird, a little like, like I remember uh, I backed a company called Amplitude that's going public, and they, uh, yeah, they they said I called my dad after and I said I think I just met the two smartest people I've ever met. And, uh, and like that, that sort of thing, something that triggers you to do something where it's like, uh, I don't know. It's, I rem, I remember a lot of my first encounters with the people who ended up doing really, really, uh, well. So that would be my, the, but I also, I have a pretty good memory for just like first encounters with lots of people. So like, I don't know. I don't know. You know, Still, it's like an, it, there was something impactful about it that you just like, it threw you, it threw you for a little loop. You're like, okay, either ultra, ultra smart where it's kind of like, you know, you're either going to outwork someone or you're just going to like come up with something like a dissolvable pill. Hard work is a baseline, right? Like, right. They just need to be working like that needs to be clearly a baseline. And I assume if someone's starting a company, they should be a hard worker. Um, you know, how fast you can build trust with them. Uh, I don't know. Like I, it, it's there are a lot of ways that you can end up making money in the world. I think. And it's what do you want to see in the world? And then who do you want to be working with is a big piece of it, I think. And that's there are a lot of investors now. And so like a lot of investors are making that decision. Um, so I, for me, those are my things. My things are like, I want it. I want there to be like my brain goes, whoa. That, that's is it, is it scientific, like, very scientific. Or scientific <laughs> right? no, it's, I get it's, it though. I get it. Mind blowing shit, right? Like, like literally somebody is like, I don't know if they're the most insane person I've ever met or the smartest person I've ever met. Like it really, like there's certain times and, and, and we used to say we want them operating on a different frequency, but I think different, you want them to understand humans and it depends what they do. Like, and if someone's been pursuing it for 10 years, honestly, I want to be the person who gives them the money to get them to the next stage, right? Like if someone's been pursuing literally the same thing, which is the story of a lot of founders. It's just like 
hey, I've been doing this for like I've been literally trying to solve this one little thing for like 10 years and it could change everything. And like that's what you just I'm, I feel fortunate that I'm in a position where I get to support someone like that. Right. And a lot of my job is just filtering, trying to find that person. Um, I'm I'm default. Yes. So like I have a big problem. Like I, I, I have to, I'm like default. Yes. And I have to try to find like reasons like I have to because it's all just taking a risk on yourself. is so hard. And like I did it. I, I failed as a startup. It was just the most difficult thing I've probably ever done uh failing in it um and i feel like i'm still founding something like as boost vc i'm still building this like brand and uh but like starting embedding on yourself like i don't know i always want to reward those people i want to reward anyone who's doing that and it's like how do i scale that that's what i'm trying to figure out now you can really tell when you you talk to an investor and they you can tell that they've built something or at least attempted and got to a place like you can tell on that call on that first call with someone because it's like there's an empathy there an extra yeah there's an extra empathy. Like you like, just, what, yeah what what have what have you experienced in that uh in in that matrix on the other side so like uh where where have you tried spent where did you spend your time focusing, feeling you were making progress to get those first couple like boulders pushed up the hill, right? Does that make sense? Is that a- yeah, yeah. And then it's like, you know, I having gone through like two tech stars programs at this point in my life, which like, I don't know who would go do two programs, but it's like, th- there's just so many different types of investor, just so much fucking time, but destroyed. I went through an accelerator <laughs> program and then people talk about accelerators and, and whatever. And I think if I started a company right now at the exact same terms, even though I have a 10 X bigger network and I know people who would probably invest in me, I think um, at this point and stuff like that, I would go through that same exact program again. If I had those same four people as my wingman. One thousand percent. I give them the same terms, same deal, same money, everything, because I I believe in it that much. Like I think if you have the right team in the room, it's totally worth it. So I don't yeah. think of you as an insane person for doing it twice. No, no, no. And I think there's, and that's why I did it the second time because I actually knew I was like, okay, there's a little net here, right? There's like a little thing that's gonna get you to, because it's like you have to make that jump. You know, and so like going into an accelerator that it's like, even though like we're a little bit older this time around and like, you know, the first time I went through, I was like 25 and then going through it in like my thirties, I was like, it was a different experience. Well, you know, exactly like what the, it's the, you have a reality check now, right? Like you -hmm. you have, you don't have beer goggles to be, uh, you know, it's not (laughs) like, Hey, we have to finish this and we need to look good. And like, we have to you know, win and you're like way more practical. There's no, you're betting on yourself. You're not thinking the brand is going to carry you, but you get to connect to a bunch of great people. Accelerators are, I mean, I run an accelerator, like they're awesome. So I'm, I'm yeah. And it's like, I think a lot of the younger entrepreneurs, they don't read, like there's just little things, there's little things. And it's like, you do have to put trust in. And I think to go back to like your question a little bit is like, I think, realizing that investors are also here for the same kind of game that you're here for, you know, like they're, this is what they do. Right. So like you going in there and saying, we're going to go do this thing and we're going to either destroy it or we're going to like fail valiantly. Like it's kind of like the same math that's being done on the other side of, Hey, there's like a 2% chance that this is successful, but I want this, I want this to be reimagining the way that we all live 10 years from now. 
So it's like having that thought process the second time around was helpful. But I will say like raising money, we, I didn't realize this going through the second program and like with crypto, crypto was at like absolute bear market. Like it was like July of 2019. Like everyone, like we'd go talk to investors at this thing and it'd be like traditional, like, you know, SaaS, B2B. They're like, thought like Bitcoin was like dead. They're like, I, I thought it was gone. <laughs> I I'm like, gone? Wait, 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 wait. Was that 2015? You said 2015. No, no, this is this is 2019. Like after 2018, that massive crash yeah, 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 of 20k, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was like, I was like, you, I was like, I was like, there's like billionaires shooting like satellites into space to keep the network going. Like, are you just like not listening? And so it was just a very, but it was like I realized if I'm convincing them that this is the space that they need to be in, game over. So it was like that. Figure that one out really fast. And then it was like, how do I find people that are completely into what? this is but then finding people that were founders at some point that care that had empathy that i knew i was going to be friends with or hang out with for the next seven to ten years of my life the, the, honestly the most depressing time in crypto was 2014 2015. that was hard that, like <laughs> as a champion you guys went through an extra bear market than i did <laughs> well it's because it could have gone away like that yeah. was that that was like well, yeah. After 2017, I was just like, "This is never going away. This is amazing, and it's gonna right. like change the world." And like, but like 20, 2014, 2015, like it was a whisper, and it could have just broken. So <laughs> that's what I got my first point. <laughs> well, 2015, I remember I, you know, I experimented with Bitcoin in the 2013 time. We were like, "Hey, it's not going to work for micro payments for crowdfunding." Like, eh, we just didn't touch it for a while. But I would meet companies that came through Boost because I tried to, I tried to go to as many of the demo days as possible and meet companies and learn about it and stuff. But like, and I remember you came up here one time in 2015, and that's one of the things I found in my Google Photos archive. Right, uh, I found in the newspaper snippet in 2015 where it. Half of the time we talked about Bitcoin because I was like fascinated with it. I wanted to learn about it. You're telling us about. Oh, in uh, you mean we, we, up we, here? Yeah, 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 yeah. A thousand, a thousand Oaks, a thousand. Yeah, we came up. You came up to thousand. You came up to uh, up to Westlake at the hub in Westlake. We did an 805 startups event. You talked about Boost, and yeah. what was crazy is I really just was. I I, I did it. I just did it all. I just yeah, dude. You came into a room, there's like 100 people, 150 people talking about Bitcoin in 2015. And what was crazy is the whole article said something like Silicon Valley comes to the local area to talk about, you know, startups. And then what was funny is we probably spent more than half the time talking about Bitcoin. But in the article, there's one line that said they also talked about Bitcoin, a digital currency that's used for illegal things on the Internet. <laughs> And that was the whole, that was the only part of that. Yeah. Was the only thing. Yeah. But what's crazy is talk about, you know, I personally was starting to get super fascinated with it, but still in my mind, it was like another currency that was marginally different from the dollar. Cause I never go to the bank. Everything I do is digital anyway. And in my mind, it was like, it was for the rest of the world. It was like for the world where there's like, you know, you know, dictators and, and oppressive regimes and that's going to change their life. And that's why I was so into it. But I didn't think about buying it for myself as an investment at the time. Like I didn't just even think about it being a thing like that um, until you know maybe a year or two later. Um, but it was just it expensive was just year or two, Alon. What? That's an expensive year or two right there. Hey, it was, but you know I'm still stoked. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, hey, think about this: people who got a hundred dollars worth of Bitcoin at our last event for participating at our event now have $350 worth of Bitcoin. So, hey, that was just a year ago. So That's great. 
um, life is good. We're all, it's all good. But where I was going to go on the persistent side, that's kind of crazy, right? I used to tell people that like one of the most important qualities is, is being like a, in a, being a good salesman was being persistent, being there and, and continuing to knock on the door and, and all that stuff. And people hated the word salesman. They like, they thought I, it was like a derogatory term, but it really, I think the best people, best CEOs, best founders are the best salespeople in the world, the best biz dev people in the world. They, 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 they don't like the word salesman, but they like the word storyteller. So just, uh -huh. so, so. <laughs> If you want to make them not feel like, oh, sales. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay to make people feel a little weird sometimes. People like being the best story storyteller. They're sort of like, oh, I'm not sure I'm the best salesman. And But the people who own being the best salesman are awesome. Yeah. Well, the, the amount of like, uh, uh, there's a certain level of confidence too that like, there's there's something about it that, that helps move people along. But something I was going to say when you were talking about the persistence and the conviction of starting a company, that I always joke about this. There's a certain, um, there's like a certain category of punk rock songs. It's really weird. Like punk rock songs, if you follow any specific band, things get really meta. There's like three categories. There's like songs about the government, songs about, you know, like, like, Diff just differently like against the system like fuck the system whatever like you know but they grew up singing right but then there's a certain percentage of songs that every punk band has about why they're a punk rocker and how awesome it is to be a punk rocker just talking about themselves but every one of those songs basically says that they're here not because they want to not because they uh want like there was some reason it's because they have to like they have no choice but to be here right now doing this thing because like this is their life, right? That's how the best founders are of any kind of situation, awesome. especially the crypto people. They don't like, they, they have no choice. Like they could get a job making more money somewhere. Yeah, the reason crypto, it's not even about crypto. Like to me, I don't care about technology. I'm oh, sorry, I care about technology, but I don't, <laughs> I don't care about crypto. I care that it's solving a problem for people, right? But what solves problems are like the most dynamic, smart, driven people. And so where's there a high density of those people? It's in the cryptocurrency area. Like that just, it emerges because they're all unique in thought. Like they're all like driven by something more than, well, you know, revolutionizing money is a pretty big idea. And it's, it's sort of like, you know, hooked people, but the, that, yeah, I love that. Someone said yesterday, I was talking to them about startups and they were talking about content and they were they were explaining how the similarities of venture capital and a couple other industries. And they were like, yeah, crypto is just punk rock. And I was like, yeah. I was like, that's right. It is of tech. It was the punk rock of tech and now it's gone. It's like going mainstream, right? Like it's it's taking over rock. It's taking over like the pop culture. And it's, But it's... It's also the acceptance though. It's like, so, so for some of the folks that have been there super early, right? Like you guys, like super, super early. And then, you know, I, I feel like I'm the person that's kind of come on secondary and I like to translate it to the rest of the people coming in. But it's like, hey, like Dave Matthews band was like went mainstream and like people were like, I don't like that band anymore, man. That, that band sucks. It's like, well, you kind of have, the music's the same. You kind of have to love it still, right? Like you can't be like on to the next thing. <laughs> there's um uh there's a song uh talking about punk rock a song called the desperation's gone by no effects it's one of my favorite songs and and it, the whole thing is about uh you know the song sounds the same but it you know it's not the same the desperation is gone right like there's not 
it, it's it's a neutered version of the original thing, right? So, but um, I wanted to. Uh, uh, now I'm totally getting distracted. Joe, you Adam said Dave Matthews, and now just all of them are popping through my head. I got cra Crash, Too Much, uh, Satellites. It's great. All those live al albums, like 18-minute songs. Like, oh, my oh, God. Yeah. They, they, they play the violin for, like, 90 minutes. Like this. Yes. <laughs> I was going to jump into the questions, but I don't know. Um, uh, we're, we're, we're already getting close to running out of time, but um, – there was, I wanted to, you know, what was crazy too is, is talking about being early in the space. I, you know, I'm not even close to, to, to as early as Adam was. Like it, it, it's absolutely bonkers. And I wouldn't even call myself early because I really didn't participate in a meaningful way until my company ultimately failed. I joined a fund, I like goofed around, but like not crazy meaningful. But what was crazy though, is I remember along the way meeting the people at your demo days, Adam, and thinking like I've never met smarter people in my life than the people who were launching Bitcoin startups. It wasn't the word blockchain back then. Like they're like, I'm launching a Bitcoin company. And I was like, well, what does that mean? And it's just person after person, the smartest people. Yeah. And that, that was, you know, I, I guess you don't know it when you're in it, right? Like if, looking back, like they were all really, they, they we gathered together a lot of great people who were all just like, doing weird cool things and we were the only shop in town so that was nice too so it was just sort of like we we were like hey bitcoin and no one else was saying hi bitcoin they were saying no bitcoin uh and and so we were we were like hey you know do this thing they really were they were great they were i mean they were all they were all trying different ways and tactics Really looking back, the things that worked really well were gateways at the beginning. So it was, you know, the Coinbase's, the Repios, the like up till today. There are a lot yeah. of things that are like in the next phases that are coming, um, you know, with, with the new technologies and each new technology that crypto created. So like at first it was Bitcoin. So you're trying to help people buy Bitcoin. So OTCs, yeah. gateways and then. Um, then the ERC 20 smart contract came along and everyone was ICOing and like that was novel. And so all of a sudden Ethereum was valuable. Like if we all should have just bought as much Ethereum as we could like when that happened. Right. Um, like because everyone was just using Ethereum. So like we did the yeah. only other option. Yeah. Use the thing that everyone's using. Right. Like and then the uh, and then, you know, ERC 721 was sort of a slow burn. Right. Like the the NFT contract was like it, it flared with Dapper Labs a little bit. But then it, for three years, like no one really talked about NFTs. And then all of a sudden, like drops happen, boom. like boom, Crazy. right now, NFTs, obviously. Yeah. Top shop. Mainstream. We went. We, uh, OK, so my daughter, my daughter is uh, six years old. And the other day, because I bought a board ape because of a friend of mine kept like badgering me and badgering me. And he's a guy who I got back into crypto after years of him not being in. And he's like, gotta buy a board ape, gotta buy a board ape. I was like, dude, it's gonna be like two ETH. And he's like, just do it. I was like, dude, that's like five grand. He's like, just do it. And I finally did it. And I'm getting offers, by the way, on that ape for like nine, 10 ETH right now, which is crazy. But what's nuts is the same community started hitting me a couple weeks ago. And I brought my daughter into the room because there was an NFT drop called Fame Lady Squad. And it was all these cool pictures of, of, of women like in 
with mohawks, with different kinds of hair, with different color skin tones, all these different things. It's kind of like that same style of NFT drop. And so my daughter's like, you gotta buy a bunch of them. So we bought a bunch of them together. And then there were a couple of copycat ones, one called uh, um, Long Neck Ladies, one called like the Women of the World, um, World of Women. And I bought a bunch of them with my daughter because she was like, gotta buy that one, gotta buy that one, you gotta do this. And like, we bought a ton of them and literally like, in the last week, they've all been blowing up like nonstop alerts from OpenSea with offers for crazy amounts of money for these NFTs. And it's it's this couple weeks have gone have like taken it to a whole new level. It's really crazy. And I remember actually seeing uh, Nifty uh, at the Boost demo day. Nifty Gateway. That was uh... how, how was that conversation like? Because that was like pre really any NFTs being even talked about. And like, those guys were those guys are great. Those guys are fantastic. The, um, they uh, yeah, D- D- Griffin and Duncan Cockfoster. They they uh, well they didn't raise well they didn't raise because they didn't need to because we connected them to the Winklevoss twins. And I was like, you guys are both twins in crypto. You guys <laughs> Simplest and, intro ever. Literally, I should probably. <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll find the, the. I'll tweet out that intro someday because it's. Uh, it's a, it, it literally. I wrote. You guys are both twins. <laughs> so check it out. And they met and like they got along really well. And uh, the Winklevoss twins told told me the the story where they were like into it, but sort of. And then they handed it off to their uh, VP of engineering, and the that guy was like, "This is going to be a thing." Um, and so we were a little fighting on the other side saying, don't, don't do it. But, uh, they sold to Gemini and like, you know, I love, I I think that they've done such a great job acquiring and helping them build. And like, I don't know if it could have been what it is today without uh, the acquisition. So I, I think that that was a big, that was a big moment, but yeah, actually another, so our, our other company that crushing from that same group was unstoppable domains which is yeah, also yeah it's still an nft too yeah and it's a totally different style two nft companies one tribe of boost vc both absolutely i remember i uh, i was a big fan of unstoppable we weren't ready to invest yet i was working at a different fund at that point and i tried to convince them that they weren't doing real crypto bets yet um, especially not in startups. And, um, but I bought Alon.Crypto. I remember that was a huge deal. I told the Unstoppable guys, actually, this was the deal I made with the Unstoppable guys at your demo day. I told them, I said, if I can buy a domain with crypto from my phone on the flight home, I'm in. Like, I'm buying it. I'm going to tweet about it and I'll tell everyone about it. And I was able to do that, which back then was a huge deal. Like a few years ago, crypto on phone, uh, on a plane. <laughs> Weird. Yeah, that it was, was that it was, very incredible that you did that. That is, yeah. It was, and and so because of that, also I would have attempted that. That would have been just like so <laughs> coming apart. Like, dude. Like, well, it was like you'd have to. I had to transfer from like the Coinbase wallet to the or from Coinbase to the Coinbase wallet. But in the Coinbase wallet, you used to have like the DAP browser, and so I had to like connect that to the unstoppable checkout process. And they they built a product that worked. It worked. It was great. Yeah, no. You know what? I told that same thing to like ten different crypto companies. They're the only ones that worked on. <laughs> that that's amazing. They, and they're yeah, but it, yeah, actually, Matt from one of the Matts from Unstoppable told me that uh, 
he mentioned that about nifty and unstoppable sometimes you forget who's in each tribe session and yeah. like uh, he said that i was like oh man and no one cared about nfts at that demo day no one cared it was because it didn't like it was what was it, it didn't make sense it no doesn't make sense like because somebody to this day my like people message me like like it's still weird to people and i go like what about a comic book that's not weird to you like why is this so weird someone gave me the biggest comp highest compliment i could ever have which was you know i've been to your demo day and i didn't get it <laughs> and then two years later all of it happened and i was like yeah there, that's the thing that's 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 like we specialize there that's my yeah. special it's like to do the thing before the it's thing. well it's crazy to be early too because like if you're it, it, you know talking about the early stage startup and the persistence and what it takes to separate yourself like the the difference between the person who like has no choice but to be there because it's like the thing that they need to do versus the person who's like when a seed stage company who hasn't launched yet like goes into like financials in their first pitch to you and that's what they're leading with, I'm like, I just get bored and confused. And I'm like, this is the reason you're doing this company? Like, give me a launch. I either assume that they got bad advice from other investors, uh, thinking that- uh, Yeah, like an angel group or something. Or, or like, so, you know, people who do that, just point at one number and say, why is this number here? That's the best way to figure out if they actually have the model. <laughs> Uh, you don't need to know it you just need to be like why wait why is this why what's this when, when i was yeah i don't know i was starting a company our largest single investor our largest single investor meets me at like the high rise of a building he's like this big shot la guy that the people who introduced me to him were like he asked to in, he asked to talk to you he's never invested in any of our companies we've got to meet him like they set him up as like a god right so i was like freaked out going into the meeting i was really stressed and worried like am i gonna i'm gonna screw up this pitch and i sit down and every time i reached for my laptop to like bring the deck out or something he's like no no no, no let's just talk and like it ended up being a 20 minute conversation 10 minutes of the time he was telling me about his uh, house on the river in colorado where he likes to catch certain kind of fish and i was like oh yeah cool man like I, I didn't know like, what he was talking about because I was so stressed and worried about like this pitch. And then at one point he goes, do you have a financials, you know, like have you written financials back in this? And I was like, yeah, let me, and I go to reach into my backpack. He was like, I don't need to see him. And it was like, and then he asked me another question. I was like, yeah, let me show you the deck. He's like, I don't need to see it. And then he walks me back to the elevator after like 20 minutes. I thought we were going to talk for an hour. I thought I was going to pitch him, whatever. And so in my mind, I was like, oh, that was, that was a bust. As I'm walking to the elevator, he's like, so how much is left in the round? Yeah, I'll do like 350K. All right, sweet, let's go. And it was like, what? And the elevator closes and I'm gone, right? He's <laughs> like, but like. That's an efficient guy. That dude is efficient, but he also, <laughs> he wanted to know that I knew the number. He wanted to know that I had a plan. He wanted to know that I was like doing it, but he knew that the actual financials for a company who hadn't really launched it, just started, just made up funny business, right? Like it's, yeah. he just wanted to know, I thought it through, right? And and he wanted to ask the question. Yeah, well also if you're, I mean, at the beginning, none of the crypto companies had any revenue. It wasn't. And it was totally, you know, it's crazy. Well, it's like, it's kind of like. There's just no buyers. There were a lot of products. Just no one was there to buy. And right. like they didn't know what to do. And then well, like, tons of buyers. We're, we're flushed with buyers. It's well, crazy. It was like, it's like those decks that people share of like the, um, the original Airbnb deck or the original Uber deck, or probably even the original Coinbase deck. Like 
I remember the, uh, the Uber deck that people share as like their seed stage one, their total addressable market was way smaller than the market cap of the company today, <laughs> right? Like, because they were like, we're gonna replace taxi. They created a category that didn't exist, right? Could Coinbase ever claim that they would make the kind of revenue they do today in a deck when you met them? It would be absurd. Like, no, it doesn't make sense. No, I sent Brian the thing when when he raised at a billion dollar valuation. I sent him his original seed deck, and I was like, "Think like good job. Remember where you were." And it was like sixteen thousand dollars of full vol total volume, like in a month, like that. And that was like their breakout like month, like where they were like sixteen. They're like, "We're doing it. We're doing yeah, it." We're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Which means we made like you know a thousand dollars this month. Right. You know? Yeah. And the. Uh, that yeah, first yeah. thousand bucks at a startup is a huge deal. Oh yeah, and the yeah. What, first one dollar, you're like, holy shit! You're like, someone paid me. <laughs> <laughs> but you're, you're, this is a hoax. <laughs> you look at this, my friend. They're asking for a refund. I'm gonna have to pay a fees on it. <laughs> yeah, make sure yeah. you don't recognize. I have the same last name as you. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's been, well, the evolution of crypto has been really interesting to watch and i i love watching things like lunar crush like now everyone thinks that i know everything about crypto but it changes so fast and we have to work really really hard just to stay on top of anything and so it's really interesting when i've been around longer but that doesn't mean i i'm on like i know more and it's actually hard. in some ways i know less uh, at one point, someone said, I'll, uh, why don't you stake your sushi on my, on like something? It was something ridiculous with sushi and yams. Like, and yeah, like, why aren't you, you farming? Oh, who's yamming? Oh, yeah. why don't you just farm your sushi with yams? Sure. And I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I, I maybe we're talking about two different things, <laughs> like a crypt, like are, yeah, David David Rankin, uh, one of our regulars, is correcting us. He said, "Nah, sushi and X sushi, uh, and sushi, X sushi and Ave." <laughs> well, I, will, I will say, taking it back to like you're like talking like Alan, you're saying you went into one of the demo days. And you're like, these are some of the smartest people, right? Like these are the smartest people I've ever I've ever seen, and I will say. Something that's super interesting about that is, you know, we do a live stream, you know, of our own and we bring in like the different crypto founders and each week I'm just blown away. Right. And people and my friends are always like, oh, you're at the center of the space. Like, you know, everything about the space. I'm like, I'm even that like feel like I'm at somewhat of the tip of the sphere and we bring people on and I'm blown away every week by the people and what they're building and what they're thinking about. And so like and the evolution from about that, it, how they're even yeah. thinking about it, like how they see the world differently where you're like, wait a second. I thought that was for that. You're using it for this, mm -hmm. and like you're all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, this is going to be. A yeah, you just have that moment, and it's like I always think now I'm like, so if I'm 25 years old, I'm starting a company from scratch. It's like, and I live in Singapore. It's like, am I really going to do an equity round? Like, what am I going to do? Like, am I going to crowdfund? Am I going to start a DAO? How am I going to think about initiating this? And so it's like it's I it's a, kind of a challenge for you guys too. Who's saying yes first? Like that's basically what you're trying to figure out, right? Like originally it was friends and family. Mm -hmm. And then we we sort of were trying to just make it a big friends and family. Like we're fine with friends and family being in the round that we do with $500,000. But like, how do you scale that first yes is sort of what how we think about it. And 
it's it's it, i know that DAOs are a part of it i know that crypto is a part of the future but like i also want to know where the market is today and rather than thinking about like i i always i started one of my key learnings over the last 10 years in venture capital and crypto is it's been um the superpower is knowing where the market is not where it's going uh because if having a vision is very important, having a, where you want it to go is very important. But like knowing where it is allows you to be able to take us there. And so like and that means that you have the, you'll be able to get the money. You'll be able to get the, you know, Brian Armstrong wanted to be the infrastructure, financial infrastructure for the planet. But for five years, he was easiest way to buy Bitcoin. Right. Yeah. Um, like th there's th there's your product and your mission. And like I always think product is you telling us where the market is today that what's what is it willing to do and how you're, you're going to be the best at it and then where your mission is is why why we're following you you know like why we're yeah following i always kind of like for the younger entrepreneurs i kind of use elon as an example just because everyone knows him and it's like he always wanted his car and spaceship company right but what do you start with he starts with where's this fire hose of cash and how do i just like stick myself in front of that first well, I then, just look money. I think money could yeah. work. <laughs> but he had to start there, right? He couldn't just like go off. I mean, maybe he wanted to, maybe he had that vision, but it's like, you got to start here first where this thing is, get your chops a little bit, you know, maybe you get lucky, maybe you don't, but it's like, at least now you're trying to go where the money is first. Under Yeah. I learned, yeah there's, and I, I, about crypto, the ecosystem with people around crypto, maybe this was how people felt about the internet right like 20 years ago like maybe this was like people chased it people went for it like talented people funneled into it um it, it, yeah i think i think you just want to follow where the like where the talent you, you want to be where the talent is make it easy to hire the best people in the world and to work on your problem right like you're trying to solve a problem you're trying to so like build your company and like i think what crypto has done is lowered the because it's so exciting it's lowered the cost of attracting the best people to your yeah. to your your company um like it's I, all I, mean, I used to i used to tell uh my, my old partner talking about him and back in the day i would joke that he would tell me he wanted to hire an engineer then i would take them out to lunch and pitch them harder than i would our investors like, because I knew that the next step was me sending them an offer letter and trying to convince them to take way less money for some equity. Um, because, because, you know, if it was the difference between hiring one or two or three engineers, right? Like one engineer was more than we paid ourselves, you know, combined, right? Like yep. it was just so expensive for a, a startup. And in crypto, it's even more so, right? Because all these super smart engineers like, I'll just do this shit myself. I'll, right. you know. There's do, we, we do have a little, yeah, that's going to be every rise. There's this situation where engineers take it. People who made a lot of money, they take a second and they think, is this really what I want to be doing? Which I, I think it's nice that a technology has given people the flexibility to think like beyond their rat race and thinking like, Hey, I have, you know, however much money, $20 million. And like, I don't need that job. Like, what do I actually want? to be building and like that's exciting that's exciting and like maybe maybe that first check is just coming from like all the founders maybe all the founders are just going to have that first 
check now and we're we're all screwed. Yeah. <laughs> I think you guys will be I think you guys will be just fine. But it is like this kind of rebirth of art a little bit. Like, you know, I remember like studying abroad over in Italy back in the day. It was like early two thousands and like you know, they'd be like, Oh, what are you guys working on? Oh, you what was that? Yeah, yeah. But they would be like Vizzani. It's like a pizza. Um, but it would be like business. Oh, I'm working on finance. I'm working on economics. And everyone over there was always like, all you Americans just always just money, 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 business, finance, everything. And it was like little families own like a little sign business or a little thing. And people kind of working for themselves, but it was more accepted. I feel like the rise of NFTs and like with crypto, or if you want to be an engineer and work on four different decentralized projects, you can or you guys are right. It's so entrepreneurial. Sometimes John and I always joke, co-founder is like, it's almost too entrepreneurial. You've got like 40 people all working on the exact same problem, like eating each other's dog food a little bit, but it's like, you know, it's a little bit more. It's tougher. It is, it, it, that, that's something interesting that's happening right now. That's a new thing that that's not like, well, not new, new, but like within the last couple of years and, before, before the, there was the opposite problem. No one was building anything. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that, that was the opposite problem. But the, you know, whenever anyone tells me that they're majoring business in business, I always say, "What is that?" <laughs> well, I'll tell you. I went to school. I went to school for business. College is a racket now. Reason why I thought I was gaming some kind of system because my brother, who's older than me, was an engineer. He went to school for computer science, four years older than me. So right when he was finishing or at least at the tail end of college, because it took more than four years, um, uh, I was starting. And I remember him being begged by every job he had um, while he was in school to quit school and work more hours. So I was like, they don't care if you're a computer nerd like me. They don't care if you got a, job, a degree in computer science. They just want you to you know, work more. So I was like, I'm going to be smart and get a degree in business, which now I'm pissed about because I wished I was you know, better with the computer science stuff. But it was also way easier to get a, a business degree. Sorry, business people for, for that, but it's way harder to get a computer science degree than business. I, I, oh yeah, no, I, I like definitely thought about my system and got my English major. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, so I, I, I think, I, honestly, I think college is about figuring out what you enjoy and then it, it like taking four years, figure out what you enjoy. And then like some, some, some people, uh, and then you can, you, you can find a job doing that. Like, I think, I don't know, it really, at UCLA, it, it sort of, I shouldn't, I won't bash banks, but like they're, they're recruiting really heavily at UCLA and like UCLA doesn't even like know what entrepreneurs are or VCs are or like any of that. And I was like, it's a little d disappointing, but it means that there's room to grow, you know? But you know what I bet they do know is crypto. I bet they've heard of crypto. I bet all those students have heard of crypto. Absolutely. Because they're all at this point, Yeah, at this point, for sure. And that's what's cool. Well, that's something we always did at our events. So, like, at our events, we always, like, there was the UCLA um, uh, Blockchain Society, I think it was called, the USC Lab, Blockchain Lab, the Berkeley uh, Blockchain Society. All these universities had groups, and we would just give them all free tickets to our events because we wanted to hang with those kids. We wanted them at our event, and we'd want to like uh, recruit them for the companies and portfolios or, or just know which companies they were going to start because they were all the people that were actually sort of the only people probably that were sort of crypto natives from that age, right? Like... They, they get it. Um, 
We should um, we should probably wrap up because we're we're way over time um, and and all that. But but you know before we go, uh, Adam, I know that Boost has gone way beyond um, Bitcoin and blockchain startups, and you're you're investing in the future star sci-fi startups. Yeah, you know what I would love to promote here is uh, if you are, I want to invest in people who have previously founded crypto companies, starting a company in a different industry. Mm. So that would be my 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 thought because I believe still crypto is basically the talent pool right now, um, and still crypto too. Like we're back, we still back a third crypto companies, and we're um, like we, we, I mean. We, by the way, like I guess I haven't promoted anything that we've actually backed. We backed EtherScan, like we backed, yeah. like they went through Boost VC, they went back to Unstoppable. We backed um, Repio. I guess we've talked about a few of them, but the uh, our, our Wire, which is a huge deal yeah. in the like payments space, um, and so we still have like crypto at our, our core and our soul. But we've started to find uh, we I am have an affinity for aerospace. We've invested in a fair amount of aerospace jetpacks, exoskeletons, like things that make people have superpowers. And then we have a great network in virtual reality because we are we're assisting in building the metaverse. Uh, so VR and crypto, the partnership of the two is obviously going to happen at some point. Um, and so we're, we're, we're huge ambassadors of both. Uh, actually, in the virtual reality space, we have like we back the top uh, selling app in the app store right now on the Rift, and then like one of the most engaged apps on the app store. So what, what, like, are, those? what are the names? One of them is called Township Tail. Uh, their problem is that the headset runs out of battery because people use it for too much time. Right? So, <laughs> deal. Solvable. And, and then FitXR is fitness and VR, which is. I remember uh, that that demo day. I remember that because I remember thinking how like much sense it made. Like people using VR headsets are just burning calories. Like <laughs> no, it, it, it changed our thought process around VR a little bit because everyone was using it as a gaming thing. Um, so I think I think on this, what I would love to say is just sort of like, hey, we're huge ambassadors of all of like uh, any of the wildest futures that make the world a better place but the uh i think if you're a talented person who previously worked at a crypto startup and you're starting something and not in a crypto startup it means like you have you have, like there's something happening there right now so using crypto as sort of an incubator for talent and we, Adam, did, that's not okay. did you real quick did I, did I read that you were invested in in it's like water, like water startups or like more like open water. Like, have you found ocean, anything there yet? Waters, yes. So we we we, we I backed about seven companies in the ocean space. Uh, my attempt on cli climate change is, uh, I believe that the ocean is the biggest regulator of the Earth's temperature. Actually, factually, mm -hmm. that's true. Like, it's biggest regulator. It's not what I think. It's like, <laughs> uh, like the ocean is the biggest regulator of the Earth's temperature. It's sick. We have to clean it up. So it was starting the slow process of uh, getting more people focused on the ocean. And I, I happen to be able to bring people together around entrepreneurship. And so we, we've invested in a fair number of people in that space. So we're, we're, we're yeah, I, 
Some, yes. Yeah, something I was gonna, I wanted to mention cool. earlier because you were talking about bringing people together, and uh, then you know, ADD sidetrack. Um, I didn't mention it, but something you didn't say about Boost that I think makes it really special is the fact that I think there's the option to. It used to be all the companies, or maybe it still is, um, live at uh, at Draper University or live across the street from the office yeah, for a few months. We provide, we provide housing and office space uh, for the companies. But in previous sessions, and we we are we are remote first right now uh, because of the current world global situation. However, uh, we still have companies who live there and work there, and uh, at the at the actually housing and um, we have office space and housing in San Mateo. So it's a pretty good it's a pretty good deal. I think I think it's huge because like at, at at least a certain age, maybe it wouldn't work for me today because I've got kids and stuff. But like, there's a certain thing about part of the reason why I love the the accelerator idea and why I said I would do it again is being in the room with those people, the energy, but also being able to bounce off ideas by, across other entrepreneurs or techies, CTOs, and people all being in the same room. I think especially in something like Boost, where you're all attacking similar stuff where there is similar industries, I think could be so huge in the networking. Oh, and to end, I do have one thing I need to say, which is we are hiring. I'm trying to hire uh, for the first time in like a while, long time. Uh, we're hiring a deal flow investor associate uh, and for who is generally semi-technical semi would be nice. That's what we're looking for. Someone who likes people, someone who works hard. Cool. Nice, very cool. Joe, why don't you give a, a quick Lunar Crush plug? Um, we didn't really talk too much about Lunar Crush today, but we do all the time anyway. It's going to be live on Lunar Crush's Twitter, so I hope all those people are, are following us. But yeah, Lunar Crush, social listening tool. Find us at lunarcrush.com. Um, you know, we got 2,700 different cryptocurrencies that we're following now. Um, so find out how social impacts crypto. I think that's a crazy thing that I was talking to John about the other day, and I don't mean to keep extending this, but like the, the interesting thing about talking about diving into crypto or feeling like you have a certain space or, or thing that's going on is that, you know, people don't talk a lot about like the sheer numbers in, in crypto and not just what we talk about a lot because of, uh, you know, unique individuals discussing crypto, like I mentioned the other day, from our last in-person conference to our next in-person conference, there's over 10x the number of people discussing crypto on the internet, right? But when you look at the crypto publications and media and mainstream media, there's like the top 20 tokens are talked about like 90-something percent of the time, but there's over 3,000 tokens that are actively traded. There's actually, there's actually like 9,000 actively traded. <laughs> See, exactly. Yeah. Um, you want to talk, you want to talk about deal flow. You know, we get about 20 to 25 different um, projects that apply to be on Lunar Crush every single day. And by the it's time they get to the point to apply to Lunar Crush, they've already established some sort of following, potentially might be thinking about being traded. Some are, some aren't, are, are starting to think about marketing, starting to think about like, how do we get out to the world? So there's like their past maybe engineer phase, just like a little bit, they've got something. It's some of these projects that we see and it's like, all you have to do is drop onto a website and you know, you're like, okay, these people have their shit together. So it's it's just so impressive, the number of companies that are just, just getting out there every day. Yeah, crypto took over the world. We're, we're all just <laughs> chatting around. Yeah, this, 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 it's so fun. This is yeah. so fun.
one. I do have to jump. I'm sorry. Guys, thank you so much. Uh, thank you, Adam. Uh, uh, thanks for joining us. I know uh, Adam's late. I'm going to just throw one quick thing up here. Um, if you want to hang out for the next half hour, meet.blockchainboost.io, come to the tables. Um, and also, um, uh, join us live at LA Blockchain Summit in November. We're going to try to do it in person. We're planning on doing it in person. It's going to be amazing. Please join us. Um, thanks, Joe. For uh, Thanks, brother. Appreciate it, as always. Um, uh, thanks, everyone. And uh, see, you, see you in the rooms. And uh, appreciate you hanging with us this long this week. Thanks, everyone. Peace.